Hey guys, welcome to Mars Playground, where we get raw, uncut, uncensored opinions, stories, anything and everything. Alright guys, so we're going to talk about a, um, it's not going to be a regular podcast, or I'm going to just be telling you guys my opinion about something, or advice. It's actually be a story time. It's going to be about this one neighbor, that, how her life ended pretty tragic, and, um, and at the moment, like, when it happened, I was about, I want to say 10 or 11, and I didn't understand, like, it didn't register to me what really happened to her and the severity of the situation it was more like she i don't know like she would fight with us (laughs) you know like it was weird like yeah so okay so well anyways she was our my next door neighbor like literally right next door um and um one day well she was always like disturbed by us like you know i'm it was okay so the neighborhood we grew up in was like the south side of san jose it was a really nice area okay so this neighborhood um that we were raised at um it was quiet it was really pretty you could leave your doors open till like freaking all hours of night and nobody would come disturb you nobody would walk into your yard and try taking anything like you could leave your garage door open all night and nobody would even dare to go near your your home that's the kind of neighborhood I was raised in, you know, I mean, versus my grandma's neighborhood, you couldn't do that, like, hell no, (laughs) you know what I mean, but yeah, like, um, that was the way we were brought up in the neighborhood, and, um, like, I want to say, it was, it was an all-white neighborhood, I'm not gonna lie, it was the whole area, we were pretty much the only Mexican family that was in that, that area at all, um, no lie, even our schools, um, my mom had, had us, um, raised learning Spanish first, which was kind of like, kind of like funny in a way, because like, we were, we had no other Mexicans near us, you know, like, the only other Mexican people we knew was our own family, like, our cousins and stuff, and, um, what was funny is that, not like a ha-ha funny, but like, kind of like a ironic funny is that, we didn't even see any other nationality besides white um our whole childhood like only when we go to the east side when we first encountered you know seeing um different nationalities honestly so i mean that's just can you kind of give you guys the background like what the kind of area i was raised in and just it's just funny because like i i actually could relate more myself like i am a mexican you know, um, female, but I don't, even though, you know, I have a strong roots of my dad being from Mexico, my mom's family's from Mexico, and my mom is born, in, you know, here in the United States and stuff and everything, like, I associate myself more with, um, you know, how Americans are more raised, like, I shouldn't say Americans. I should say more like Caucasian people. There you go. Because that's just how we were raised. That was just the whole only nationality we were raised around. So it's kind of it's kind of like I talk different from my sisters. Like all my family has like a heavy accent, like a Mexican accent, you know, like because they speak Spanish. You know, they they have like not my sisters, but like my cousins and stuff. They all like bilingual kids. And I am bilingual as well, but 
my Spanish is kind of funny. It's like hella funny. It's like Spanglish. So yeah. But anywho, um, yeah. So it's, and like, even my kids like, they don't. Uh, I'm so sorry for yawning. But yeah, they don't really speak that much Spanish at all. Like, it's more um, like. It's, it's funny because it's more like um, nothing but English versus Spanish. Like, it's, like they really don't understand a lot, really anything in Spanish. Like, you talk to them, they just look at you like, what the hell did you say to me? <laughs> but, yeah. So, okay. So, that was the kind of area we were raised in. Just the kind of neighborhood. Just, you know, we were really, really proper. Like, um, like my, the way my mom had us, it was just really, like, you know, to, you know be really respectful, really, you know just walking the straight kind of like narrow line you know like my mom had us really like I we were raised in a very strict home you know um my little sisters don't really remember really that strictness only because um you know I'm like many more years older than my sisters so it's just like by the time they came around and by the time they actually like grew you know like were preteens and stuff it was different for them you know so anyways so me and my sister, you know, we were more brought up with the strict, the strictness of my parents. So, yeah. So we had this one lady because before our neighbor next door used to be the owners of that house. And um, they were really cool. They had like these Dalmatian dogs. They're really, they're really nice people. We used to go over there. They had, um, they had grandkids that we used to play with. And like we would, uh, every time they would have like this plum tree and, and the owner, she would always like pick out like hella plums for us and everything. Well, we would all put our garbage cans, like, right here, there in the front, you know, like, on the curb. And, um, it was, like, three trash cans. And I would have to take out my sister's diaper sometimes out there. And I'd just throw them in whatever trash can. Because I just, you know, myself, I just thought, well, okay, well, they're probably, you know, all wires or whatever, you know. And needless to say, it was actually that neighbors, you know, the, the ladies, um, that we're talking about was her trash can so when she would come outside and she would see all that she would have like this biggest fit so she would like it was just like a continuation like a continual like a con like a continue like battle with her about stuff like that but little did I know she was actually suffering mentally but other stuff and see like like what it was crazy is that mental illness has always been like a hush thing like Shh, don't talk about that like that's kind of like something embarrassing to talk about so I didn't understand like what the lady was going through at all um she tried um committing suicide I, I believe on different occasions um but we didn't understand why we just you know I heard we had heard that she tried to like harm herself or whatever but like we would ask my mom what, and she just like, oh, never mind, don't, you know, it's adult talk, don't worry about it, you know, and so we never asked questions, we never, nothing, until, like, you know, I got older, and I started registering exactly what happened to this lady, and what, you know, what took place, and she was a very quiet lady to herself, um, there was times where she did, you know, talk to us, or, like, say hi, like, you know, and there was sometimes we just were like, oh, she's just a mean person, you know, and, um, and that was the kind of relationship we had with her, and it was funny because that's how the relationship she had with everybody down the neighborhood, like, um, the other neighbors around her, I think the, um, the old couple across the street from her, like, right across, 
I think they liked her. I think they they had um they had known her for a good while, so they they had liked her a lot. But the man that um, we became friends with, really good friends with, oh my god, he was really handsome man, you know. He was another Hispanic man, but he was more like white Mexican, you know, like I want to say. Um, don't come at me like, oh, what does that mean? But no, like he was more like really um like I, I think he was more like the way we were like well the way we were raised like more like not really with your own roots you know like speaking spanish and all that like all his girlfriends were always like these beautiful um tall blonde blue eyed you know women like they were really beautiful like he he took care of himself he had like two cats i'd, I'd babysit all the time you know like I'd always love babysitting. Um, he would, I would always make it a point to like want to, to babysit his cat. Like, you know, cause I was like, oh, I had a deepest crush on him, but he was really, he was really beautiful man. Uh, really nice sweetheart. But anyways, um, yeah, he had a couple of times encountered, you know, not a good positive encounter with this lady and stuff. And, um, I remember one time, um, when it did happen, when she, um, so she actually committed suicide. She, um, she succeeded in, um, pretty much running her car in her garage and she ended up suffocating from carbon monoxide. And it was like the biggest hit in our neighborhood. I mean, it wasn't something we would, um, I mean, cops would never come in our neighborhood because that's how quiet, that's how, no crime, no violent situation. It was. So it was more like, um, this was like a big, like, oh my God, like what happened? Like, no, this could not have happened. You know, it, it was, it was that kind of situation. It wasn't more like, um, something regular. It wasn't something that, um, it wasn't something that we were all like, we weren't, we didn't know all about this. We weren't, um, it was stuff like that didn't happen on a regular basis. Like ambulances and cop cars didn't, um, show up regular on our, in our, in our neighborhood at all. Like you really, you rarely, rarely, rarely ever heard a cop or an ambulance go by in our neighborhood. That's how quiet, that's how, you know, really not much violence happened in our, in our area. Um, it was sad. I mean, I kind of felt bad because I was just like, wow, like what happened? You know, because all I saw, I think it was like an evening time. I remember we saw like lights and stuff and we all like, what the hell? But the way our house was, okay, so the way our house was, it was like a driveway and then it was like, like a patch of grass, like a good amount of a rectangle grass in front of our yard. And then you had your, um, it was like a wall that it was like a, um, like a solid wall that that covered up from the, the kitchen window and it was those like metal little gates that you would have to like have like a little latch and you just open it and it would like squeak every time you open and close that shit and it was like a long hallway to go to our front door but before you can reach your front door there was um the like a, um, a glass door where you go to inside the kitchen from that door or you could just go to the front door and then um so we had heard noises like you know, because we were, like, in bed by, like, 8, 8.30. So, we heard that, and we, like, saw, like, 
the lights in front of the kitchen window were like, oh shit, what happened? You know, us nosies, <laughs> we all ran outside, you know, and there was other neighbors outside. And I remember everybody asking like, what happened, this and that. And I remember them saying that the lady, um, you know, pretty much turned on her car and was in the garage and they didn't, um, they didn't, I no, she did that first one time. She did survive that one. And the second time it was during the day because they found her the next day. Yeah, that's what had happened. So the first time they, it was an evening time. Someone had called because they heard the car going and they didn't see me coming in or out of the garage. I mean, that's how aware everybody knew everybody in the neighborhood. Like everybody knew whose kid was whose. Like there wasn't that many kids down the neighborhood. There wasn't that many, like, you know, like everybody knew without really knowing your business, everybody knew who you were kind of situation. Like they knew what kind of car was belonging to that neighborhood. They knew everything like that because like, I'm telling you guys, it wasn't like the kind of neighborhood that you would invite like Okaza people and all these parties popping off, like crazy shit would pop off. Like, no, like it was like very quiet. Like you go outside and ride your bike up and down the street because it wasn't a cul-de-sac, but what it was, it, um, the same street repeated its name on both sides of the street so it went like all the way down and then it it made like a like a um like a like a roundabout and then it went behind the neighborhood behind the block and I was like the same name for the two streets it was it was so cute it was crazy but anyways um yeah so I mean like people would like on the other side of us they would have parties they would you know it was louder over there but the side that I we were on it was quiet. Like you go outside, have your kid ride their bike and just sit out there and, and nothing would happen to your kid. You know, that's how quiet, that's how it was. So, so yeah, so that's how, that's the kind of neighborhood we lived in. And so what she did, um, so first time she didn't come home for a while. Um, what I, what I know is that she went to the hospital and she wasn't feeling they had told us, oh, well, she she's not feeling good, so they had to keep her in the hospital. And so we were just like, okay. You know, and when she did finally come back, I said she was she was nice for a little bit again. And then I think she lasted maybe like less than a month. And she succeeded. She succeeded in taking her own life. Um, she did the exact same thing. They did that whole carbon monoxide thing in, in the garage. And nobody found her to the next day. Um, I guess there were somebody was supposed to go over the next day or whatever, and that's when they found her. Um, sad to say, but yeah, guys, it was it was pretty sad. I didn't like I felt bad because I didn't really know. I couldn't really register what happened. Like in my mind, I was just like, wait, what happened? Like you know, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense how she just like left and never came back. You know, like it was just weird to me, and after like years you know like a few years later I would think in my room I'm like wow she committed suicide it was you know her having you know being suicidal her having depression whatever you want to call it is why she did what she did you know and again like we weren't really always so aware of mental illness or stuff like that like I'm telling you my mom had us very sheltered very 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 sheltered you know um we didn't um Everything was bad. Nothing, you know, if it, if it didn't if it didn't fit in my mom's um, 
you know, ideal situation for us. It was not allowed. It was not okay. And it, that's just the way it was. So, yeah. So, she, that's what had happened to her. And, and we, like, I'm, I'm telling you, my mom had us so strict um, that we couldn't even walk outside to go check the mail by ourselves. Like, even though we had a good neighborhood, that just wasn't allowed. You know, that wasn't okay. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of stuff that my our cousins knew whatever we we really were very like um naive to a lot of stuff but um yeah I I mean even now like I think about it I feel about you know I feel really bad um my mom never let really like let us near her like she was like oh no she's she's sick she has something wrong with her you know like that was a kind type of vibe that was a type of vice we would always get and I think that's why too like even with my stuff that I have to deal with every day and my depression stuff, like, I feel like it's really frowned upon no matter how far we've all come with mental illness. I still feel like it's in a way it's still frowned upon, you know, like, like it's more like shut up. Don't really like share too much about it, you know, with anybody, you know, and that way people don't have to think that you're like broken somehow. I hate my neighbor, dude. I so hate my neighbor, guys. Sorry if you guys can hear it. It's so damn loud. It's so annoying. But anyways, um, yeah, like, it's just ridiculous, like, um, how, like, it was not okay to talk about, you know? It wasn't okay to mention. It wasn't okay to, just, like, say, it, you know, just to even talk about that. And I think that's why, too, like, it was, it's been really hard for me to be like, oh, you know, this is what I have to deal with. This is what I face every day because of the fact that we weren't, we weren't brought up that way. We weren't brought up to like, um, to dwell about it or like really like know too much about it when we were growing up. And, you know, like maybe if it was talked about more often, maybe, you know, the late, what the lady was going through she could have had some kind of more of a help or assistance, but you're talking about, you're talking about, you're talking about more like back in the nineties when that had occurred. Like, yeah. So another person had moved in, we we're just like, Oh my God. It's, you know, like there was a lady that, that passed away in there. Like that's scary. Um, but it wasn't right next door to us. She was actually the corner house. She was a Brown house because the one right next to us, like white and blue. And then it was our beige house. So she was our corner neighbor, but yeah, I, like I'm telling you guys, it was sad. It was really, um, it was really unfortunate that that's how she went, you know, and you just never know how bad someone's mental um, state is for them to just go ahead and say, okay, this is my last solution. This is what, I, you know, I, I have to do. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I really wish that we we knew more of her like we had like friended her a long time ago no matter what but like we were like I said we were raised being like oh no like if it would if it didn't seem normal we didn't get in hearing be you know we didn't um it wasn't brought up it wasn't taught it wasn't mentioned and even in schools we we never knew about depression or anything like that if you felt sad all the time or whatever the case was like it was just you just being a sissy or being weird or something I don't know like it wasn't um I think I think when we were when I was growing up it wasn't where 
people dwelled on too much of emotions like that. Like, it was more like, you better be brave. You better, like, handle your shit, you know? It wasn't more like, oh, let's have my feelings. Let's, let's coddle you and hold your hand through shit. Like, no, it was like, you're not bleeding. You're crying. You're not bleeding. And you're still alive and you're not dying. You're fine kind of situation. And I think that's what the difference between our society now and before was, you know, like, you have a lot of people that complain and cry and, and bitch about stuff that's just like, what? You wouldn't have survived when you, you know, when I was, your, you know, if you were my age back then and, you know, you wouldn't have survived our world because our world wasn't like that. You know, our world was, you can go outside, scrape your knees, get hurt, cry about it. And then you're, you're over it. You know, you're over it. Like stop being a fucking baby about it. Like, you know, that was, that's the kind of society we were brought up in, you know, and to say that it was good or bad, I I honestly could say I loved that kind of society I grew up in because there was respect. There was, you know, there's always been, you know, racism. There's always been whatever you guys want to say there has been. But I think at the end of the day, there was a thing called respect. And we respected everybody's space. We respected everybody as a person. I was raised, yes, I was a Mexican child, adult, and, you know, female, um, raised in an all-white neighborhood. But what my mom raises to, to, to look at people wasn't the color of their skin. We were raised to be respected. We were raised to be respectful. We were raised to understand other people as a human being. And I think that's what our sight miss and that's what our society is lacking of that we're not raising our children to respect others as a human being but as a color and i i we don't raise our children that way we're raising our kids to be respectful towards other people um if you know the other person disrespects my children in any you know circumstances then that person does not respect you know does not um deserve their respect back kind of situation you know and it's, it's not, we don't raise our kids to be, we pretty much raise our kids to be colorblind towards other people, pretty much. Like, everybody's a person. I don't give a damn if you're yellow, purple, blue, you know, white, black, brown. I don't care what color of the rainbow you are. You're still a person. You're going to be treated as such, you know. Um, yeah, like, I have friends all around the rainbow, titrus, honestly, like, and it's, and it's funny because sometimes I forget, like, I don't, I don't know if I forget, but I think it's because of the way I was brought up that I don't really like talk to my friends. Like, um, like I don't, I don't treat my friends any different than I would treat, you know, like, okay, so I have white friends. I have black friends. I have Asian friends, you know, I have Pacific Islander friends. I have, um, um, different People, you know, friends are from different parts of um, Latin America, from Mexico, different towns. Because every little town in Mexico, just because your your parents are from Mexico or you're from Mexico, doesn't mean that every Mexican are the same way. Because every little town in Mexico have different traditions, have different ways, have different dialects, and like just different everything from different towns. So I don't treat. So my, you know, my, my friends, I don't treat them any different than I treat the, you know, if I have, if I'm talking to my friend that she comes over, she's, she's a Filipino, I don't talk to her any different than I would talk to my Mexican friends. 
yes, I'll be able to like say a word here or there of a special word, like, you know, like a word I feel comfortable using or like my special sound crazy. And then I'm able to be like, okay, whatever, you know, but we don't treat anybody differently, you know, like, um, at all, at all. And it's funny because like at the end of the day, everybody's just a person. Everybody, you know, we, that's how we are with everybody. And it just, you know, it, I, it's funny because like I could open up, like I have a really bad thing of opening up to other people. Depend. I have to like, trust you. I have to know that if I'm going to open up to you, you're not going to use it against me. You know, you're not going to come back with, with me and be like, oh, I know some shit about you and da, da, da. Cause I've had that happen so much that I don't, it's hard for me to trust somebody. But for other people to tell me how they feel or tell me how they're going, like how they are mentally or whatever the situation is, a lot of people feel really comfortable opening up to me. Like it's crazy how fast someone could open up and tell me like everything about themselves. And I'm just like, whoa. And then, you know, it's funny because like, it's not funny. Like, haha, like, let me laugh at you kind of funny. No, it's like, I always say it's funny because I'm just like, I mean, an ironic, like, kind of like an ironic or, like, kind of like a, like a, um, coincidence kind of, like, situation where, like, I'll talk to my husband about it, and I'm like, you know, it's just crazy how, you know, so-and-so opens up to me, and but yet, like, without them knowing, unbeknown to them, like, we have so much shit in common, like, I've been through so much shit that they could relate to, you know, like, and, and that's just the way I end up feeling like, wow. I'm grateful that they opened up to me. I'm grateful that they were able to find me as a, as a safety, um, as a safety net to say, to just throw everything at me, you know? And I, and I, and I, I don't, I'm the kind of type of friend and if I tell you, you could call me anytime and you call me and be like, I need you to come over cause I need to talk to you. I'm going to go over there. You know, I'm a meant, I have to meant to prepare myself because I don't like anything changing in my schedule. Um, like, okay, so tomorrow my kids have to go to school, my older ones. Mentally, I have to prepare myself tonight to know that tomorrow I have to get up early to take them to school. I have to get up earlier for, earlier than that to take my Zoom call for my doctor's appointment. And that'll stress me out all day. That'll put me on edge all day. Even though I knew ahead of time that that appointment was going to be there. That's how bad my anxiety and my PTSD and my depression is. That's how bad it is. Anything that disrupts from me just being in a cocoon with my family. Um, like, that's why, honestly, I really don't go a lot of places. Um, if I have to go to a store, it takes a lot out of me. Like, a lot of talking to myself. Like, I don't, like, physically talk to myself. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Murphy, you could do this. We're just going to go to a store. We got to go to a store anyway, so we need things. You know, like, you'll be fine. We're just going to go real quick. Come right back. You know, da, da, da. like, like even my old job. Like, if I go in there and go shopping, like, everybody is not, would not guess that that took so much mental preparation to go there and to shop and to be okay and then come back. You know, like, you would have, like, I played off so good. Like, you wouldn't even know. Like, nobody knows that, guys. Like, you guys are probably the first people I'm actually telling um, because I feel like if I would have told just anybody, um, well, the only other person knows this that actually knows the full extent of this is my friend, um, 
red. She's the only one because she goes through her her mental stuff too. Um, with her depression, me and her pretty much have been through the same kind of bullshit. Her a lot worse stuff, you know. But we get each other. I, you know, she's my safety net where I'm okay to tell her shit. I'm okay to tell her and spew all like just nonsense out of me, you know, and just be like this is how it is and this is how I'm feeling or if I'm feeling a certain way and she's just like you know she's there to bring me back to reality you know and just be like you're fine everything's okay and and sh- and I'm that with her you know and so yeah so I just feel like if if we were taught a younger age you know because I'm 30 something right now I'm like uh, I think 36 have <laughs> they recount my age <laughs> do the mathematic behind it but um yeah so I think if my generation was taught a younger age you know and junior high high school years of mental illness and how it is to feel being in a depression state how it is to just seek out for help and that would be okay that there wouldn't be crazy consequences because you feel a certain way or because you feel like sometimes you just you know like your mind inside your mind is going crazy it's running around a mile like a million miles a minute that is still okay because you could just center yourself and just be like you got this you're okay like you know take deep breaths you're fine kind of situation you know I think if we were taught that I think a lot of people around my age wouldn't be suffering in silence you know and, and like I said, I was brought up in a generation where if you weren't bleeding, if you weren't dying, you know, like if you were fine, then you just get up and go, you get up and keep on going. You don't, you, you don't, you don't pity yourself. Don't dwell on your shit. Just keep on going. You know, I think because of that kind of like mentality that I was brought up with and, and the environment near around me was like that. Like you always had to be strong. You always had to be um you always had to not just pity yourself like there was no time to be pitying yourself there was time for you to keep on moving and making moves and and do what you got to do you know because nothing's gonna be easy for you in life nothing's gonna be handed to you you always had to keep on going because that's the way life is you know um I feel like it's more like damn is it frowned upon now you know like would have been frowned upon you know back then if if, you know, if I did reach out and be like, hey, this is how I feel. You know, is this normal? Um, I've always felt that maybe because I, because I used to have seizures, so I was on medication. That maybe that, that played a big part of the way I feel and stuff, and stuff that I experienced back when I was younger. Um, maybe played a bigger part about it. But I always felt like I had... um. I had to make myself be okay. I had to make myself to be like, okay, I have to get through this right now, you know, through this obstacle right now, but then I know I'm going to be fine, you know? I always had to mask whatever I was dealing with in my mind and pretend that it didn't affect me. Um, Now as an adult, it affects me a lot. It affects me a lot, guys. I don't know if you guys can all relate to this, but um, yeah. It affects me a lot. There's sometimes where I'm in an ugly rut and I just want to stay in my room and sleep. And 
barely even want to go anywhere. And my kids and my husband give me that time to myself where I just, I let the days blur in with each other. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to care about what's going on. I don't care if there's sunny outside or it's raining. I don't care. Like, I just want my days just to blur into each other. And that's just the way it is. If you're feeling like this, believe me, I understand you. I I go through the same thing. Um, you know, and I just, why I'm talking about that is just because, you know, like, I was really thinking about it the other day, like, about this neighbor. And, you know, and I just felt like maybe if we would have known about situations like this, like, you know, people battling in silence with their mental illness, maybe if we would approach her differently, maybe we could have been friends with her and friended her in a way where she could have reached out to us and spoke to my mom or, you know, or maybe like to somehow like maybe we could have made her day easier. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think in my part it was like a lot of regret because I don't know. I just feel like if, if we would have known, if we were taught about mental illness back then, Maybe we would have um, understood what she was dealing with, what kind of battle it was. But like I'm saying, back then, like in the 90s, like when I was about 10, 11 years old, you didn't talk about that. It, that wasn't talked about. Like stuff like that did not, you did not talk about that. Like that was something like, no, like, no, 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 we don't, that's not proper to talk about, you know? And it's funny because like, even in, even with my own relatives, like, stuff like that was not talked about. You didn't talk about nonsense like that. Like, if it, if it didn't have to do with regular gossip, you nobody talked about, not you know, mental illness. Nobody talked about um, things that were going to affect you in that, that kind of certain, certain way. Like, that was not okay to talk about, you know, and that was sad. Oh, oh excuse me. It's sad because, like I said, I feel like if we would have known, if there was a way of knowing what she was going through by herself, because she didn't have nobody else living with her. It was her by herself in this beautiful home. I think her house was like a three, four bedroom home. So she was just by herself. It wasn't like there was somebody else living there with her that knew what she was going through. I don't know. She had a lot of relatives. I We didn't know none of that. Um, I knew she had some friends that come over, you know, and stuff, but, um, yeah, like far as anything else, um, we, we really would never seem to be over her house. Honestly, she was, was alone. And so I don't know if that played a big part of it, but, um, yeah, it was sad. It was really sad that, um, it was just sad. It was just really sad about the whole her whole situation guys um i do feel bad even more about it now because you know i'm going through i go through my own stuff every day on a daily basis um like i said i try mask how i feel what i'm going through for my kids sake um for my younger ones pretty much um i try mask a lot of it because i just feel like it's not like why should i be allowed to just dwell on this you know like that's not okay. That's more of a sign of weakness. And and sometimes it helps me. Sometimes it helps me doing that and scolding myself and be like, what is wrong with you? Like, get your ass up. Like, don't be, no, no, we're not doing this. Like, 
you weren't made to be feeling this weak. You weren't made to feel defeated, you know? And, um, I mean, if a lot of you guys around my age can understand that, then you guys exactly know what I'm talking about. Because that's how our society, that's how we were raised in, you know? That's the kind of environment we were all raised in. Um, I'm raising my kids not to be like, oh my God, let's cry about everything and, and like, let's coddle you for everything. Um, no, no, because at the end of the day, when I'm no longer here for them, you know, when I'm old and gray and whatever, how are they going to survive in society if I coddle them their whole life? You know, like my kids need to know how to survive on their own. You know, they need to know how it is like. Life is not going to give you butterflies and roses and rainbows all the damn time. Like, that's not life. Life is harsh. Like, this, our world is mean and evil. And, you know, you have to prepare yourself. You have to prepare your children to withstand uh, the tornadoes, you know, and be able, at the end of the day, stand there and be still strong enough to go through, go through it and not tumble down, you know. And... It's just, it's crazy because, like, you think about, like, okay, well, if I'm going through this and I, and I find ways to fight against the tide and fight against it and not be pushed down, what happens, how bad and how deep are the ones, the actual, you know, warriors that have been battling with it so many years, so much, they actually find just tumble down, like, how far and how deep have their their um own you know demons have got them you know like that's what that was what you know comes to my mind a lot like wow you know like they must have been fought they have they must have fought so much to where they're just like no i'm tired of fighting i can't do this you know and it's it just I, like there's no shade thrown at anybody for anything like whatever whatever part of depression you're in, what kind of mental illness you're dealing with, there's no shade thrown at you guys at all, guys. Like, believe me, I, what I'm saying is not has nothing to do with, you know, throwing shade at anybody, but just, you know, I just, there's always going to be some kind of regret in me, regardless how old I was at the time and, and not understanding. I just feel like society, our society, our world at that time should have made an awareness brought it to light more and be like hey this was going on you know because i mean maybe somehow she could the lady could have been still around you know like maybe at least maybe her last few days on this earth could have been like smiles and stuff instead of her sorrow you know like just maybe i don't know guys i maybe i just i just think i just try to dissect every little thought about it and i think that's my downfall you know but like I said, guys, it just, that was a story I had to share with you guys, you know, like, I know, I think it was more than once that she tried and she didn't succeed. Like, honestly, I, cause I remember, um, the ambulance showing up more than once at her house, you know, cause we were there for like 10 years. We lived in that area. And then we lived, um, when, when my mom moved to the house behind that um our, our original house um we lived there well i lived there for another um two three years and then i moved out with my husband so the house we lived longer was the one in the front and it was like 10 years we lived there and 
I'll tell you guys, I do remember when that lady lived at the corner house that the, um, the ambulance has showed up more than once at her house to finally, when they did come back the last time, they took her away. I didn't get to see how they took her out, but, um, obviously, you know, they had to put in the bag and stuff, but, like, um, yeah, we, we didn't see all that. We just saw the fact that that ambulance had got there and, um, and they tried, they tried to go and they, I know they went through her house. They didn't open the garage door. They left it closed. So I'm guessing, you know, for the privacy of her family, whatever relatives that she did have, um, and her privacy herself is why they did that, you know? But I mean, I, I, I really wish that lady had a different outcome, you know? But like I said, that everybody's health, everybody's mental health is in a different state. And it's just, it's kind of sad, honestly, you know, to um, to have known that something like that had happened right, you know, a couple of houses down from us. But yeah, guys, I just, that's what, it's kind of story time I want to share with you guys. I'm so sorry if you guys are like, like, damn, that's a tragic story. Like, wow, you know? But yeah, like I'm saying, um, I know sometimes when I tell you guys some stories and talk to you guys about stuff, I kind of like ramble on about other things. But yeah, I'm so sorry. But I just try to give you guys a clear picture of the kind of neighborhood and everything we lived in. Like, honestly, that was the kind of type of neighborhood. Like, we would leave our doors open until, like, like I think my dad would get home, like, about 8, 7 o'clock in the evening. And we wouldn't close the doors until, like, almost 10 o'clock at night. And believe me, there was nobody that came up to the doors ever, you know. We'd open up about 6 o'clock in the morning. We'd leave them open till, till 10 o'clock at night. And... Sometimes we didn't have to lock the doors. You know? We would just close them. And we wouldn't even have to lock them sometimes. That's how secure, how quiet our neighborhood was for many years. You know? My grandma's neighborhood, like I said, you couldn't do that in her neighborhood. <laughs> she was, my grandma had a house in the east side. You know, you couldn't do that over there. But again, it was a totally two different roads. Like, it was crazy. It was just, Yeah. But that's another story for another time. But right, guys, I just want to thank you guys for so much for hearing my podcast. Thank you guys for giving my ch- my podcast a chance. I really do appreciate it, guys. I've seen how much how much people have been listening, and and just it's just mind blowing to me, guys. That this is my first kind of like project ever doing a podcast, and I really am grateful, guys so grateful for every each one of you guys listening to them i mean there's so many other podcasts guys listen to you guys give mine a chance and i really want to thank you guys deep down my heart sincerely thank you guys i really do appreciate it appreciate each and one of you guys and much hugs and love to everyone and i hope no matter what you're battling today just know that tomorrow's going to be better you know it may not seem today that's going to be any better tomorrow but believe me guys Keep on fighting through it. You'll you'll come out of that storm. Believe me, I that's the kind of fight I do every day with my myself. So there's you're gonna always have better days, guys. You're not gonna always be ugly and blue and and dark and sad. There's gonna be some good days out there. Alright guys. I'm gonna let you guys go. Much love and see you guys soon. Bye.